My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience's mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer, and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Hello, everyone. This is Gail, a.k.a. Sunshine. Today we have Nicole Gleason and Jared Scorsoni joining us from the Be Fit, Be Well program at the University of Colorado Cancer Center. So thank you both for joining us. So I always start by having my guests share a little bit about themselves, a little background and one fun fact. So Jared, why don't you go first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm Jared Scorsoni. Um, I work at Be Fit, Be Well, um, primarily on the research side. And my background is a, I have a bachelor's in exercise science from Metropolitan State University of Denver here in Colorado. Um, and I've been with the Be Fit program for about eight years now. Um, and uh, I have also had the very fun opportunity to live in about seven different states in the U.S. Yeah, so I've got to wow. see a pretty big chunk. Can you say which is your favorite? Oh, De uh, Colorado, which is <laughs> definitely why, why I, I moved back. Um, I would say Utah or Virginia would be a close second. Yeah. Wow, and you've had quite a variety, too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Nicole. Yes, um, Nicole Gleason. I am a Colorado native and got involved with Be Fit, Be Well. I've been um, part of this program since its inception in 2013. Like Jared, have a um, bachelor's degree in health and exercise science from Colorado State University. And so I knew I wanted to work in a clinical setting and um, working with cancer patients kind of fell into my lap. And I obviously love it. I've been doing it for 10 years. One fun fact about me um, that many don't know, I am a twin. So. Identical? Fraternal. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is yeah. awesome. I love meeting twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, one of you, I'm not sure, Nicole, Jared, how you guys want to divide this up, but let's hear a little bit more about the Be Fit, Be Well program. Who is it for? How does it work? All of that. The program specifically is for cancer survivors. So really we take any individual who is going through current cancer treatment or within a six month window of treatment. The idea is really just to have individuals come and leave here feeling a little bit better with the hopes of improving physical strength and stamina and just overall quality of life, um, which we know can impact you know, cancer impacts all of those things. So it is an individualized program in that we conduct initial assessment. We're really looking at 
kind of a baseline of where individuals are starting so that we can really put together an individualized prescription for anyone coming through. Um, it's a three-month program. It's hugely subsidized by our cancer center here at the University of Colorado, which is great because we, we don't want the financial burden to be imposed yeah. upon our patients. And we've been up and running for 10 years now as of coming up here in August will be our 10th anniversary. So that's, that's awesome. Do the individual programs include everything from weights, cardio, what do you call those bands, the exercise bands? Are those the kinds of things involved? Yes. Um, we're primarily a strength-based program. Um, that's not to say that we don't feel like there's huge benefit with cardiovascular exercise, um, but there's a lot more technicality with training mm -hmm. someone from you know, how to do a squat pattern correctly or deadlift. Um, right. So it's mostly strength-based. We do work a lot on balance, um, flexibility, mobility, um, and just kind of hitting total body every time they come in. So we see individuals one time a week for the three months they're with us. Um, and then we administer a second training session via an app that we're using to help individuals become a little more autonomous and get out and do this or try this on their own for the second session throughout the week. That's great. When you do your assessment, kind of what are you looking for and how do you customize it? You know, given, is it based on treatment and the impact on the body? Is it based on the individual strength at the time? Um, what factors are taken into account? Kind of all of those things, right? We move folks through a various physical function um, and fitness measurements. And the idea is to get some kind of objective data. How many times can they get in and out of a chair or okay. how fast do they walk or how far can they walk in six minutes? So some just like easy metrics that you can compare directly across people. Um, but we're also getting a lot of just like individual data. Uh, if someone gets up out of a chair, walks, turns around and comes to sit back in a chair, like how do they move? How is their balance? These are all things that, you know, we're looking at as trainers running these assessments to get an idea of like what's going on. So we're looking at all those things during the assessment portion, um, but we're also taking into account just the individual, right? Mm -hmm. What is their current diagnosis? What kind of treatment are they getting? People might be having different side effects from radiation versus chemo versus surgery. They all right. come with a different selection of side effects. And so looking at how that's affecting the person, but then also just like, are they coming in with an old football injury to their right. knee or, right? Like just treating this person as an individual and like, how do they move and how does this work? The assessment gives us an opportunity to collect that information and see them move. That's awesome. How do I wish I'm th I'm sitting here thinking I wish I would have had something like this when I was in treatment. Um, how do people find out about this? Is this something usually that like their oncologist might tell them about? Do you guys have flyers in the treatment rooms? How do people find out about it? Kind of all of the above. Um, when we initially started the program, we were specific to treating individuals just here at the University of Colorado Cancer Center. Um, and so those became naturally our big referrers. Um, we are on the same campus as them. So it's fitting for us to have kind of a pool of individuals to pull from. We've got a number of sort of champion oncologists, if you will, mm. that refer constantly. But since we have opened up to 
you know, anyone outside of the UC health system. Um, I think our biggest ways of refer are like individuals telling others about it. Um, so yeah. we get a lot of individuals that hear about us from a friend. Um, we do have flyers over at the cancer center. We do utilize the social media platform to help get our name. And, and we do a lot of collaboration events with you guys, Epic Experience, mm -hmm. um, and others in the state of Colorado to help kind of refer individuals our way. That's awesome. So both of you were sports health science in college, right? So how did you specifically take that into training and then specifically here in the cancer space? For me personally, I had a dream of becoming a physical therapist, um, getting out of my undergrad. I was living on the East Coast at the time, um, managing a fitness center for the Department of Justice. And oh, interesting. life events happened and um, my sisters are all here in Colorado. So I moved back and kind of got into a, working in a hospital setting. Um, with cardiac and pulmonary rehab, um, joined the wellness center here 12 years ago. And they, an oncologist approached the wellness center and said, Hey, I want to start a rehab program for cancer survivors. And it, for me at the time, it felt like a natural fit to kind of take on that population. And in that time I had decided PT school was not for me. And, um, mm -hmm. so this is here I am 10 years later. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Jared? Um, a not dissimilar story, actually. So I, I worked in uh, banking for years and decided it was time to make a change. Uh, I went back to school with the intention of landing in physical therapy as well. Hmm. While going through the bachelor's um, at Metro for exercise science, part of that is an internship um, to get the degree. BeFit hosts interns, and so I knew I wanted to get experience in a like a more clinical setting, mm -hmm. uh, and this seemed like a really unique opportunity. Uh, so I was an intern with BeFit in the fall of 2015, and just fell in love. Just fell in love with the population and the experience, and also decided that physical therapy was not the direction I wanted to go, and so started working here at the Wellness Center, um, doing other research and working with BeFit part-time, and it's just grown from there. That's awesome. That's interesting. You both had kind of that going toward PT, yeah, not so much, and have found yourselves here. Uh, Jared, you, you talked about falling in love with this population. What is it about working with the cancer survivor population that has drawn you to it? In some ways, it's very unique population in that like what they're dealing with, um, you don't see in your average personal training population, right? Average personal training population, you're getting a lot of folks who want to be fit or you're getting some of those folks who are like training for an event, the bride who wants to lose, you know, wants to look good for the wedding or the right. person who's trying to train for their marathon and needs a little help, that kind of thing. And with this population, you get folks who are in some ways like fighting for their lives mm -hmm. and they are experiencing a point in their life where they don't really have a lot of control over what's happening for them. 
Um, You know, their doctor says, be here for this appointment. We're doing this medication. You've got to be here. Like their lives are scheduled out. And when they show up, like this is something they choose to take on and where they really get to feel some control and autonomy over their life. And so including all the other, just like physical benefits they get, just that quality of life that they get. And that like, I get to have a part in that is so huge. That is huge. That element of control is huge for sure. Nicole, what about you? What brought you to this community? I mean, similar to Jared, I feel like working with people, humans in general, um, to get anyone to do something that they don't innately do or are struggling to do can be hard. But for me, this population really stuck out to me because I've never met a more like intrinsic group of individuals that has this drive to like, they will do anything to live. I mean, short of like a professional athlete. Um, and to me, that makes my job that much easier. Like, I don't even have to try to get them here. I just have to hold their hand while they are here. And so that's really motivating and also empowering. And, and then when you hear like their journey and all of the things they're experiencing, you're like, goodness, if they're working out, I should be working out too. So for me, it's similar to Jared in that, like, I just, that intrinsic drive is, it's like inbred in them. Like it's innate and that's so cool to see. So, yeah, I would imagine it's very rewarding too, when you see breakthroughs, someone who didn't think they could even walk, I don't know, a mile and now they're doing three or whatever. Can either of you think of a specific instance of where you saw a survivor showing resilience or a real breakthrough, uh, something that really inspired you? I don't even know where to start with this. (laughs) Um, Well, that's great that you have that many. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, it's not so much the, the big wins for me that I see. It's not the individuals that cross the finish line that lifted X amount of weight. It's the small things. It's like, Hey, Nicole, I was able to stand and put on my sock this morning without having to sit down or, you know, I was at the movie theater and I didn't have to grab onto the chair in front of me to get up out of my seat. Those are things that like, I know it seems small to everyone else, but like, we're helping with that, like just living better every single day. Um, So it's, it's all of the small things I think that I would mention in this. So what about you, Jared? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely correct. There's so many little things. I I do think of kind of one individual that encapsulates a lot of that. Um, there was a woman that we were working with um, that I was working with in one of our rural projects. Um, and so we were doing virtual training for folks who were in rural Colorado. And this woman lives out in the Eastern Plains, her and her husband own a a large farm out there. And they've been working it their whole lives. They've got a vineyard and they do maize, uh, maize mazes. And just like, that's been her whole life. Just this like really kind, bubbly, resilient human being. And with her diagnosis of breast cancer had been finding that just 
like not able to keep up with things on the farm. Um, she had grandkids and they would watch the grandkids a lot and she would be spending all day in bed, mm-hmm. not able to like interact just because she was so fatigued from yeah. treatment and the whole process. And so when she started with us, one of her goals was like, I want to be able to, to work a whole day on the farm, like whatever that looks like, or I want to be able to keep up with my grandkids. And we worked with her for 15 weeks. And as we got to the end of it, you know, we, we were doing her final assessment and just kind of talking with her about like, okay, how did things go? What was your experience? Um, trying to gather some things that could help us make sure we're improving the program. And she just lit up about how Mm. the week before that her grandkids had been over and she had been able to go out and work on the farm all day, um, helping get all the fall stuff just like wrapped up, right? It's a big time of year. And then come home and then play with her grandkids, like get to spend the evening having dinner and talking and engaging with them where in the past she would have just like had to go straight to bed if she'd spent all day working like that. And so just like watching her get to like get some of her life back was, was so cool. I mean, both of you have mentioned things that we take for granted, right? Walking into a movie theater seat without having to hold on to the the seat in front of you or playing with your grandkids. I mean, these are little things that are huge for them that you guys are helping them uh, accomplish, which is, that's so cool. What would you say if there's a, a cancer survivor who's listening and they're hoping to become more physically active, but exercise is new, or at least right now it's, it's limited. Where would you encourage them to start? What are reasonable goals and, and kind of what can they expect along the way? both positive and negative or, or setbacks and, you know, realistic expectations. How's that? Yeah. I think the thing I would say first and foremost to everyone is it just start small. Like mm. if it's 10 minutes a day or three minutes a day, that's better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. And outside of doing, you know, physical strength, training, um, walking is usually where we would tell mm-hmm. everyone to start. Um, and again, just bite-sized amounts. Um, you don't have to get to the ACSM, the American college of sports medicine recommendation on day one of your fitness journey, but exercise like our 401k compounds over time. So Mm. something is better than nothing. And the more consistent we are with it over the course of time, the, in theory, the better we'll feel and the better shape we'll be in. So that would be my recommendation is to just Take little bites, start small and get moving. Walking is the best way, I think, to to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just reinforce that. I I think the recommendations for folks who are dealing with the diagnosis of cancer is the same as nearly anybody is. Start slow. Everything counts. And I think I'd also add, like, find something you enjoy doing. If you don't Mm -hmm. enjoy doing it, you're not going to do it. And consistency is key. Every little bit counts. And 
you know, if it's walking, like walking is one of the best things you can do. We're biased towards strength training. I think it's one of the best ways to just gain function and ability in your life. Um, and so you have the resources to be able to go to a gym or get a personal trainer. Like those are great solutions for any experience level. And there's all kinds of resources on online as well to be able to like help guide the process. But yeah, everything counts. And if it's a walk, start there. That's great. I think one other thing I would add, sorry to interrupt you, Gail. No, um, go ahead. Is the, the accountability piece. Um, and so that's something we find yeah. with our participants in the program. They have a scheduled day and time. They don't want to cancel. They show up even when they don't want to be here. Um, so if you're starting alone, you know, finding a buddy or mm-hmm. a spouse or a partner um, that might help hold you accountable, I think could be really beneficial. Um, or like Jared was saying, um, using a resource at a gym, um, a trainer, a program, other cancer exercise or cancer programs for survivors, I think are great ways to kind of connect with some individuals that would understand what you're going through. Definitely. Definitely. Now you guys are in Colorado. Do you know about other programs across the country? And if someone were to search online for such a country or country for such a opportunity, such a program, what wording would they use? Like what search terms might they use uh, to look for that? Yeah. Um, this field is definitely growing in that when we started this program 10 years ago, I, I, it was the programs that were out there or that existed were sparse, um, but that has changed. And a big part of that is sort of the push through American College of Sports Medicine. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying really hard to kind of create a network of services for individuals. And so they do have a program directory. Um, prior to joining here today, I just did a quick Google search to see what would pop up. Um, and if you type in cancer exercise directory, it pulls up the American College of Sports Medicine sort of move through cancer directory. And you can, there's a drop down bar, you can enter which state or even country, they have other countries outside of the US listed in there. Oh, that's Um, awesome. And find providers that have a a certification that is specific for working with individuals um, with cancer. That's amazing. Jared, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the best, easiest resource um, for anyone to find local programs. I do know that the Huntsman Cancer Center in Salt Lake Hmm. is starting an exercise oncology program. Uh, University of Montana is looking into starting one. So they are, it's a growing, growing growing field. Um, And I think there's a lot of opportunity for folks across the country to be able to find something near them. That's great. Well, I'm wondering if either of you have anything to share that I haven't directly asked you about considering cancer survivors and caregivers who are listening related to exercise or any of the things we've been talking about. I think we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, the physical benefits of exercise. And I I think it's important to also highlight the mental and emotional Mm. benefits that can come with exercise, whatever that looks like, physical activity, the the emotional stability and mental clarity can really bring a lot to um, 
individuals who are dealing with this diagnosis, their caregivers, like this is a lot to take on and exercise, physical activity are great avenues for helping just bolster that kind of internal state to weather all of the challenges that come with, come with mm-hmm. this. Definitely. One thing I'd recommend, um, if you're new to exercise and even if you're not new to exercise, but have been recently diagnosed and this conversation sparks an interest, talk to your provider. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there are a lot of resources that are underutilized even here um, on our campus, you know, we, we hear all the time, I didn't know about your program until I asked about something. So maybe starting with provider and they also too can give some great recommendations as far as like, what is safe for you to do right now versus what you could do in the future, just where you're at in your cancer journey. Um, So that's something I'd recommend. And then the other thing, you know, caregivers, I feel like they're kind of our unsung heroes yep. and there's not a lot out there for caregivers. So I feel like, um, finding a best friend, a spouse, a partner to kind of someone who is maybe a caregiver for you to kind of partake on this fitness journey with you, even if you're not joining a gym, but just starting some walks outside can be a, it helps with that accountability that we talked about, but it also really benefits the caregivers in our lives that are um, so important and needed. So I love it. Thank you. Well, thank you both. Uh, One question I always end with is marshmallows over a campfire, slow and steady or flame and crispy. Nicole, I'll start with you. For sure. Slow and steady. I like a nice, like golden brown, not burnt. I am with you. Jared? Yeah, no, same boat. Like you got to wait till all the flames are down. You've got a nice, good bed of coals. And then you just go slow till you get a dark golden brown. Mm -hmm. Excellent. We are all on the same page with that one. Well, Jared and Nicole, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I learned some things from you. and, And again, if you don't have a place at your cancer center, look online. Um, There are options out there for sure. And uh, mental, emotional, physical well-being is huge. So thank you both so much. Until the next time we gather around the campfire, keep living beyond cancer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. I'm not